Thank you for listening to TMA's Practice Well podcast. TMA, helping you improve the health of all Texans. Hi, I'm Cheryl Kroviak. I manage the TMA Practice Well podcast channel, where we strive to provide physicians a reliable resource through quick tips and insightful discussions on the business of running your practice. Our guest speaker today is Yvonne Moonkoon, a TMA practice management consultant with more than 20 years experience in various healthcare settings, including counseling experience. As we continue to do more online and virtually, some things have transitioned easily and some have been really taxing. Having difficult conversations with staff and patients successfully is hard to do under the best of circumstances. It can be extra challenging when done virtually. I've asked Yvonne to draw on her background experience in counseling so she can share some tips for having sensitive conversations in this virtual setting. Yvonne, thank you for joining us. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast on how to talk about sensitive topics virtually. Herb Clark is a psycholinguist currently serving as professor of psychology at Stanford University. He is known for his theory of common ground, the premise of which states individuals engaged in conversation must share knowledge in order to be understood and have a meaningful conversation. He pointed out that human communication is optimized for small numbers of people to talk together face-to-face in real time. The further we get from this ideal situation, the more opportunities we encounter for communication to go awry. In this COVID era, by necessity, we have definitely gotten further away from face-to-face interactions. Now, we work with people we never see in person, And this can make communication challenging, particularly when you are trying to explore topics with colleagues that are emotionally or conceptually difficult, or perhaps sharing difficult information or bad news with your patients over a telemedicine visit. As more and more workplaces transition to being remote, we are learning how to navigate all the aspects of working and communicating digitally. Meetings are moving entirely online, which means that we are attending a lot of video conference calls. If you don't have a lot of experience with video conferencing, it may take some getting used to, especially when your whole team is now working remotely. Having difficult conversations is hard to do successfully under the best of circumstances. When you must have that conversation virtually, a little extra preparation can go a long way toward making the interaction feel more like it would if you were in the same place at the same time. Physical distance is inherent in a virtual conversation. However, there is a greater sense of distance that causes us to think more abstractly about the person with whom we are virtually engaged. In these cases, it is particularly important to provide specific feedback especially when addressing problems with someone's performance at work, where you need to give specific demonstrations of problems and actions to be taken to remedy the situation. Some people put off having the conversation because they don't know how to start. The best way to start is with a direct approach. For instance, Tom, I would like to talk with you about what happened at the meeting this morning when Bob asked about the missed deadline. Let's meet tomorrow morning to chat. 
Being upfront is the authentic and respectful approach. You don't want to ambush people by surprising them about the nature of the chat. Make sure your tone of voice signals discussion and not inquisition, exploration and not punishment. Now, most of us were likely trained to believe that emotions need to be left at the proverbial door. We now know that this old school approach is no longer valid in today's work environments. We must each take responsibility for our emotions. And as a leader, it is your responsibility to understand and manage the emotions in the discussion. Now, this doesn't mean you control the emotions of the other person or that you are responsible for their emotional reaction, but that you are prepared to manage the emotions expressed and communicated during the interaction. Ensure that your objective is fair and that you are using a consistent approach. For example, if the person thinks you have one set of rules for them and a different set of rules for another person, you'll be perceived as showing favoritism. Nothing erodes a relationship faster than perceived inequality. Employees have a long-term memory of how you handled situations in the past. Aim for consistency in your leadership approach. We trust a leader who is consistent because we don't have to second guess where they stand on important issues such as culture, corporate values, and acceptable behaviors. So prepare yourself for the conversation ahead of time. One, reach clarity for yourself so you can articulate the issue in two or three succinct statements. If not, you risk going off on a tangent during the conversation. The lack of focus on the central issue will derail the conversation and sabotage your intentions. Number two, what do you want to accomplish with the conversation? What is the desired outcome? Spend a little time to reflect on your attitude towards the situation and the person involved. Your mindset will predetermine your reaction and interpretations of the other person's responses. Number three, remain open to hearing what the other person has to say before reaching closure in your mind. Even if the evidence is so clear that there's no reason to beat around the bush, we still owe it to the other person to let them tell their story. A good leader remains open and seeks a greater truth in any situation. There may be moments in the conversation where silence occurs. This is slightly more uncomfortable in a virtual setting as we have all experienced internet connection interruption, frozen screens, and delayed sound. However, don't rush to fill the silence. Silence in the conversation allows us to hear what was said and lets the message sink in. A pause also has a calming effect and can help us connect better. For example, if you're an extrovert, you are likely uncomfortable with silence as you are used to thinking while you're speaking. This can be perceived as steamrolling or overbearing, especially if the other person is an introvert. Introverts want to take some time to think before they speak. So stop talking and allow them their moment. It can lead to a better outcome. Remain mindful of potential collateral damage to the relationship and take steps to limit this from happening. It takes years to build bridges with people and only minutes to blow them up. Think about how the conversation can fix the situation without erecting an irreparable wall between you and the other person. So here's some things to remember when starting and having the conversation. One, start with asking questions rather than blaming. When people feel attacked, 
they become defensive and are less likely to acknowledge their role in the dispute or issue. Begin by inquiring about how the other person views the situation. Number two, use non-threatening language. Put the other person at ease by acknowledging that the situation is difficult for both of you. You could say something like, I'm really troubled by what happened in the meeting. Are you open to talking about it? Number three, clearly say what you mean. To prevent your listener from receiving the wrong message, communicate plainly and directly. Number four, pay attention to your body language. Make sure your stance, gestures, tone of voice, and facial expressions are open and non-threatening. Now this is decidedly more challenging in a virtual format. That is why it is important to pay special attention to this. Being able to interact in real time lets people interrupt a speaker and ask questions or ask for clarification if they get confused or have trouble following the conversation. Um, so the video teleconference setting allows this to happen. Now, despite careful preparation for the conversation and approaching the conversation in the most appropriate, straightforward manner, you may still experience a negative reaction from the person with whom you are speaking. Emotional responses may include sadness, anger, defensiveness, or indifference. So you also want to be prepared for potential reactions and responses to avoid getting caught off guard and reacting emotionally yourself. Your reaction can help de-escalate the moment. In some cases, you may have to respond to a person's tears. Because you're in a virtual setting, you can't offer a tissue, but you can acknowledge the tears rather than ignoring them. Provide the person an opportunity to gather his or her thoughts and recognize that tears communicate a problem to be addressed. That problem may be work-related work or it may be personal. Have information for your employee assistance program available just in case. When a person becomes angry, their voice often increases in pace, pitch, and volume. It can be tempting to match the individual's level of escalation. However, this will likely only serve to exacerbate the situation. Instead, respond in a slow, low, and quiet tone of voice. This may recapture the person's attention as they must quiet themselves in order to hear you. At this point, you can offer them a break from the conversation with a plan to reconvene at an agreed upon time. Generally, people are often not able to listen effectively or express their concerns clearly when they're angry. You may experience a response of indifference, blame, or denial. Asking open-ended questions is helpful as the person must respond with more than a yes or no. Use curiosity to ascertain the person's perspective which may provide enough insight for you to determine whether they have a valid concern or not. If they simply refuse to accept accountability, communicate your expectations and ask them to repeat what they understood those expectations to be. In this case, clarifying responsibility and expectations going forward will thwart any future efforts to avoid accountability. Otherwise, you may end up feeling like you're beating your head against a wall trying to get the other person to take responsibility. Visual contact is even more important when engaging in difficult conversations. Facial expressions provide a lot of information about what people are feeling. Even fleeting changes in what people display, so-called micro-expressions, can provide useful information about people's initial reactions to information. 
When you are exchanging emails or texts, or even if you're on the phone, you are likely to miss momentary changes in people's facial expressions and meanings they convey because you can't see them. When having emotionally difficult conversations, particularly when delivering bad news, it is best to be able to make eye contact with the person you are talking to and to present information in a sympathetic and caring manner. It can be challenging to use your facial expressions and tone of voice to convey your attitude in virtual environments. While it's helpful to treat it like an in-person meeting, there are also a few more things you have to consider when you are on a video call. So here are a few tips for holding a video call. Number one, if you can, find a private place to have the call. You can use headphones to minimize background noise if necessary. Let other people in your environment know ahead of time that you will be meeting in order to minimize interruptions. Number two, set up your device or camera so that it has a clear, unobstructed view of you. Don't sit too far from or too close to the camera. If you are using a separate camera, place it near your screen. It's best to put the camera at eye level so that when you're looking at the screen, it appears as if you're looking directly at the person to whom you are talking. Make sure your face is well lit. Natural lighting and side lighting works best, but overhead lights will work well too. Now backlighting can often make it hard to see. It creates a glare on the screen for the other person. If you can't change the backlighting, try to put another light in front and to the side of your face. Number four, clean up the area around you. Open up the camera on your laptop or switch on your external camera and see what is visible in the background before you initiate the call. Make sure you are comfortable showing that background on the video call, making sure it is work appropriate and whatnot. Number five, it is a good idea to test your video conferencing software before the call, especially if you've never used it before. Also, make sure you have a strong Wi-Fi connection and that your device is either plugged in or fully charged. Number six, give yourself a few extra minutes before the call to set up and if possible, log on to the call a little early, especially, again, if you are unfamiliar with the software that your host is using or that you are using yourself. Once the call has started, check to see if everyone can see and hear each other. A good way to do this is by having everyone either check in or introduce themselves. This is particularly helpful if you have several people on the call. Number seven, <clears throat> be attentive and engaged during the call. As tempting as it may be, try not to do any other work, read articles, or send emails during the call. Try to look into the camera when you talk. If you look at yourself or others on your screen, it may look like you're looking at something else or that you're distracted. When you are not talking, make sure you are paying attention to whoever is speaking or sharing their screen and looking at any materials you may need to reference. Remember, others can see what you are doing and where you are looking. Even if they're sharing a screen, they usually will see a thumbnail picture of you on their screen. So they will always be able to see you. Just remember that. Number eight. If you must pull up an email or reference a document, be sure to communicate what you're doing so people know you are still engaged and are not experiencing connection issues or distracted and doing something else. Number nine, keep in mind that you are more visible on video call than in offline meetings. You can see close up of everyone's face individually instead of looking at a whole group of people at once from across a desk or conference table. 
It is often helpful to keep your own face visible on the screen, just as a thumbnail, to remind you that you're on camera and so that you can see what others are seeing of you. Documentation and follow-up are critical components of any conversation related to difficult issues or performance review. Whether you're documenting a conversation with a patient or an employee, be sure to include the date the conversation occurred, your name and title, the patient or employee's name and title. Document what was said by both parties and avoid abbreviating, editorializing, or characterizing. Stick to the facts and avoid opinions. Include expectations communicated, action plan put in place, and responsible responsibilities of the parties in that plan, and next steps for follow-up communication and review. If this is a formal write-up requiring that the person receive counseling uh, sign a document, then consider using something like DocuSign to obtain their digital signature remotely. Additionally, any formal disciplinary or performance review process should follow a standard company policy and procedure consistently. So, instead of avoiding or delaying difficult topics or negative feedback because we can't meet in person, we should focus on how to deliver the message. Again, taking time to prepare for the conversation with an objective in mind and recognizing your own reticence or emotion will go a long way towards having a more productive discussion. And being familiar and practicing with your virtual technology will help make the meeting logistics and subsequent follow-up run more smoothly. Thank you for your time and attention. Have a great day. Yvonne, thank you for sharing these tips on approaching and managing sensitive discussions. To our listeners, like and follow to get our next podcast in this how-to series. Until then, stay well.